Long days and pleasant nights to you folks. This episode's guest is Aaron Petta. He is a great comedian friend of mine, as well as like a musician and a few other things that he does. Uh, we have a great talk about being from Canada and also being a comedian and also how to deal with anxieties and your expectations of yourself. Um, if you like this program, go to waywardwordsmiths.wordpress.com, check us out there, see our other programs, and that sort of thing. You can also go to tristanjmiller.com to see where I'm performing stand-up regularly. Um, specifically coming up on the 13th at the Caveat, I'm doing the symposium show there, which is brain-themed. So come out and support people talking about their brains in a productive way. Um, without any further ado... Here's the interview. So you're from Canada, right? Originally, yes. Yeah. What? Um, why did you end up? How did you end up coming here? <laughs> like, what? Tell me that a little, little bit, please. I mean, I guess because it's New York City, right? It's yeah. like I think it's every kid's dream to be like, I'm gonna go to New York City and take <laughs> over the world, you know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and so, no one's like, I'm gonna make it in my hometown first. Like that would be idiotic, <laughs> right? No, yeah. you have to come to New York City because it's just like it's me and Jay Z, and that's it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be making movies together. Absolutely, right? he's a rapper. Right there's this great, um, <clears throat> there's this great tweet that I saw. It was like, it's really interesting because rapping and stand up are like very similar in as much as the goal is to start making movies with The Rock. Like, <laughs> oh god, yeah, it's very good. But um, what? And you're from Toronto. Uh, no, no, I was in Toronto for a bit. I'm, okay. in, I'm from Edmonton. Oh, okay, like yeah. with the Oilers. Up with there. like with the Oilers There's up there, there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that thing. <laughs> a hockey team that back in the day, back in ancient history, used to actually win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you lived in Toronto and you were doing stand up in Toronto. What was that like? That's actually kind of where I started. You know, yeah. I started in Toronto. Um, in Toronto, you can just go out. I can't speak for it now, but when I started, mm -hmm. you could just go out, and the open mics were kind of like shows. Like oh, they yeah? were open mics, but they were like at seven or eight, and they, they were in bars and, and stuff like that. But they were like they had audience. Mm -hmm. You know, there was there was a lot where it's just comedians, but you could actually go and just there was you know a couple, at least five six drunk people there who were like ah oh, comedy man right on it. <laughs> you know, so yeah, that was good. But um, it was a tight knit scene when I was there. Like everybody knew everybody. Mm -hmm. It's Toronto. There was like hey, it was like hey Joe, hey Bill, see you tomorrow. Like mm -hmm. it was like you mm -hmm. know it was like that was your job. Like you just went to comedy every, and there was like nowhere near as much as what's going on here. But it was still pretty pretty vibrant scene. Yeah. Okay. And what like um I know like. Boston and and here in New York, it was like famous for like edgy alt c scenes and that sort of thing. Was what was the sort of vibe in Toronto? Like I know in Minnesota, like where I'm from, like we're really goofy and silly, and that's what does well. Yeah, I think it's more like that because Canadians, you know, are just natural born weirdos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like our main export is Canadians. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like, is bizarre, bizarre Canadian minds. So yeah, I mean, yeah, think of like I don't know, like Tom Green, but on a stage, I suppose. I don't know. It's like that's great. <laughs> I mean, no, people have different. No, but I'm, 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 I'm pigeonhole or whatever the word. I'm, I'm yeah. compartmentalizing into one small thing. There's, a, there's mm. a lot of different stuff oh, going sure. on there, and and of course, I haven't been in that scene for ages, so I can't speak for what's happening mm -hmm. now. It could have totally changed, but yeah. um. But yeah, I think I think there's definitely a tendency towards goofy wackiness. But people, you know what? People talk, and again, 
not I don't know now, but it's probably big now with Trump. But people talk yeah. against the USA. That's a big that's a big mm-hmm. theme, like about how like we're better than those idiots <laughs> down there, you know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, everyone has healthcare coverage. There's yeah, something yeah, they'll that's brag about. Nice about they brag with us. I remember seeing a guy on yeah. his name with and did a whole hour on how awesome Canada was. Wow. And how much it, that was like his hour special set. Like Canada, amazing. Canada's better than USA. That's a common <laughs> thread. Oh, that is. I mean, you're not incorrect. So, like, I understand. Hey, look, I'm, I'm a political most of the time. So, I mean, mm. each each country has its own strength. Yeah, strengths. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and like, and how many years did you do comedy there? And then when did you move? Like, what was like? Was there a catalyst other than just the goal was always New York? I had actually been in New York already. Like, yeah. I tried to start a band, which just fizzled. And then uh-huh. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Maybe I'll go back to Canada and try things there. So mm-hmm. I went back to Canada and I did comedy there for mm-hmm. a couple of years. So that would have been like, eh, like oh, I want to say like oh four oh five. Sure. And then I did that for a couple of years there and then back to New York. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then, so yeah, I just was just like, oh, I'm bored. I need more energy. I need more mm-hmm. life. Plus, there's a girl I'm really annoyed at, and I want to get away from her for good. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, that's always a good catalyst. Yeah. So I just I just got in my car and just put everything in my car. I'm like, I have a computer. I have a yoga mat. I have a couple of other things. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to New York. That's amazing. Um, and you you did comedy for, like, uh, another four years, and then you said you took a big break, I right? I took a huge break. Yeah. What, was, what was that? Why did you do that? Um, I just felt like, first off, like, I just felt like I've... I'm one of these people that's just, I guess the word unfocused or scattered. Sure, <laughs> so like, yeah. I don't know if you can relate to that. Yeah. You, see, you seem pretty focused, but on a lot of things. I'm, mm-hmm. That's what I admire about you, oh, man. Oh, well, I appreciate that. But uh, yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, but what about what about all these songs that I wrote that I need to release? What about like all these like, mm-hmm. you know, acting roles that I want to work on and try mm-hmm. out? Like all these characters that I've been developing and these monologues. Like I want to be in acting and I want to be in music. So again, mm-hmm. I think the key word here being scattered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so sure. And then like all of a sudden one project leads to another <laughs> and you're like, oh, fuck. I'm not, excuse me. I don't fucking. Yeah, 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 you're good. Okay, sorry. Sorry about that. Didn't get the uh, X-rated. Uh, no, 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 you're good. Go ahead. Yeah, so. Yeah, you can say fuck if you um, like. I just don't know where you're, uh, what you're putting on the iTunes uh, thing. In the <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I was like, I was like, and then I realized I haven't done comedy in like a year. And then I was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'll work on some writing. And I go to an open mic every once in a while and it just kind yeah. of fizzled out. Sure. And then I just felt depressed one day. I was like, I haven't been on a comedy stage in too long. And I just yeah. started to be like, that's where I need to get my energy from again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something that's very vibrant about, like, just writing and creating stuff constantly. And I feel like, also, if you're only going to open mics, that's, like, the most discouraging thing. Because it's just a bunch of, generally, it's just a bunch of comedians there, and you're just getting no feedback and no encouragement. At least I was that, getting yeah? some shows. I was getting some yeah? shows um, at New York Comedy Club a while back. Oh, sure. And a couple at, um, I don't even know what the, what the place is called anymore, Stand Up New York a mm-hmm. while back. Sure. And, um... Here and there, and there were like you know bar shows in that in mm-hmm. that scene too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're in a band. What do you you were in a band? What did you play? Do you sing? Do you Everything. write? Everything. Yeah, great. <laughs> like I, I started out on bass, and yeah. like I just started playing the most weirdest bass lines. And I basically used the bass as a lead instrument. So that's that's I, that's very cheesy to admit. It's that's like great. Primus type thing. <laughs> not, that, not that they were one of my influences, but yeah. But um, <clears throat> so I, I just wrote with the bass as like an instrument that was like more lyrical than, than accompanying. And so, and so I would like, we, we jam those three of us in this one iteration and, um, and we just like write songs spontaneously and came up with a whole bunch of stuff and then only ever had lo-fi recordings of it. Mm-hmm. And then before we could start to gig and stuff and like, it kinda, that was Brooklyn it, it, a few years back. It just fell, mm-hmm. it just fell apart too. So sure. But then I did it. Now I'm on a solo project. Oh, right on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and 
you're you do acting as well. Yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. I think we talked briefly a little bit, but like we've had snippets of conversation. Um, when did you go to acting school? When did you start doing that? Oh, that's been a long time too. You know what's funny? This is how it started. Was because my uh, my acting coach. I took a I took took a bunch of those courses and classes. I did Bill Esper. He uh, like sure. only for the summer thing, and mm-hmm. then Bill Esper was like. He didn't like me. I don't know. I guess he could say <laughs> bad things about people in public, but he he just didn't like me. So. Yeah, like I don't think he was like, like a... he was like he was like you can come back to my class. He's like you can come back to my class if you want. Oh. He's like, but you do need therapy if you want to continue <laughs> acting. <laughs> I was like, okay. So that was the summer one. That's <laughs> that's a lot to unpack, sir. <laughs> so uh, he takes me to a private meeting at the end of the summer in his room. He's like, okay, thanks, sir. Uh, um, knights of the round table was, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like, so I, uh, I had it for a while. I had different classes here and there. I went to HB Studio Studios. I went, mm-hmm. took a bunch of stuff there. And then, and then I got this guy, Eric Loeb. And, um, and he kind of mentored me. He kind of like sort of just taught me some of the fundamentals of show business. Mm-hmm. And, he, and I had all these weird monologues that I bring into class. And, um, you know, he was trying to get people placed in local TV shows and just trying to get them to, like, do the real audition, the audition that makes the casting director go, oh, we haven't seen that before. That was his whole technique, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, but after a while, he would take, he would, he would uh, pull aside a few people that, and just privately and be like, I'll do one-on-one coaching with you, like, mm-hmm. at no charge. Or if you want to help me with booking the schedule of the classes or something like that, you can help me out. Like, some, one, mm. one, I think one person was, like, his yoga teacher or something. She just, <laughs> you know, that's how they traded it or whatever. So, sure. So, um... So he's like, he's like, you have so many crazy weird ideas. I'm going to help you develop a one-man show. But oh. he's like, but in the meantime, you should just take all those ideas and go and do them as stand-up. Mm. And that's actually how I started. Oh, wow. He was the one who gave me the idea. I, was, I loved the idea of a one-man show, but I was like, stand-up? You think so? He's like, yeah, just mm. practice. The stages are available. Just go do it. That's amazing. So we'd go, excuse me. So we'd go and... Um, and, and I'd write stuff, and then I'd bring it back to him, and he'd kind of like look at it, listen to my mic tapes. This is, you know, when I first started, and... Um, and he was like, you know, he's like, if we keep this up, you're going to be like my other student, Jim Gaffigan. He did really well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very good. So far, I'm still counting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's very good. And um, what's your, like, ro- process? Because you, you have a lot of, they are, like, really, uh, I can, I'm going to say wacky or, like, really interesting character bits and kind of oddball, like, off the beat sort of stuff. What's your process for writing stuff? Do you w- sit Those and Those guys wait? are still there. I've been trying to get rid of them for a long time. <laughs> I thought those guys were gone. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was just me. No. no. Well, like, you do, like, really fun, re- I, I'm going to say really fun bits. Like, they're not, mm. a lot of it's just, like, an idea, rather, you're, and you build on that, and I think that's the similarity. In other words, between... my jokes aren't finished. No, <laughs> no. <references. laughs> no. No, no. Um, but, like, it's idea-based rather than necessarily always, like, revealing something about your life sometimes. Like, mm. you do, like, a Monsters Under the Bed thing, which I really love. It's very nice. And it's like nice Devin Hunter's Yeah, it is. It's really wholesome <laughs> and I enjoy it a lot. It's really funny too. And like w- what's your process in regards to like finding an idea and picking it? Oh. I have so many ways that things mm-hmm. come at me or that I do things that I don't mm-hmm. have a specific method. I'd sure. like to develop or think that I have a method, but I don't because mm-hmm. I'll just be like, okay, so today I'm in writing mode and I'll take these three concepts and flesh them out. Other days I'll just be on the train on the way home or mm-hmm. you know somewhere and I'll just be like that's what I wanted to say, or that's what I was saying. Or a whole bunch of ideas was, you've been in that kind yeah, of yeah. process where it just comes to you. Mm-hmm. So it's a mix of all different things. I do use techniques. I do use writing techniques. At other times, I just completely freeform on a page. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I use joke structure, actual like, you know, here's the setup, here's the punchline. What's the next tag? And how would you derive that? Like yeah. I've tried that as well. So 
I've tried everything. Sure. And I still haven't come to, again, this this word is this stupid scattered word yeah. is just like, what's your method? Nothing, everything. Yeah, well, that, I think that's a, a better way to go. But like, I feel like if you're willing to try everything, that's better than not. Like, mm-hmm. if you're just going to go and improvise a set, too, that's a thing, too. Like, and yeah, that's uh, like, I. I know because it's so it's for the reason I ask you is because it's so interesting because there's like comedians that will just go and talk and that's how they do it and then there's like and develop their ideas as they go like maybe an idea something funny will happen on stage yeah I'll just blurt it out yeah which is incredible like they'll just like this is the idea I want to talk about and I'll make it funny as I go and then like there there are other comedians that I know that just like literally write everything out and verbatim, word for word, like my friend John Marco has like a spreadsheet. I'm guilty of both of those things. Yeah. And I think that's a better way to go about I it. I like the idea of, on the one hand, okay, so I like the idea of actually having a play, like a one-man play that you've yeah. rehearsed. Sure. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, well, are you ready for this uh, recital today? Have you learned Mozart's sonata in mm-hmm. A minor? And you're like, oh, I kind of, pr- you know, I'll just wing it. No. <laughs> 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 that Alaturka is going to come at you pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so like uh, so um, hosting my mic though, mm-hmm. um, oh, my little plug Fridays at the Fridays at the Lantern, my yeah. own open mic. <laughs> Anyways, yep, very good, it's a very so, good. Mic. So hosting my mic, I've 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 had a lot. I've had to lot I'll ramble a lot. So yeah. I have just come up with things where I was like, oh, you said a whole bunch of funny stuff I never thought of before. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's cool too. And then and then what you can do is if you if you're lucky enough to have recorded it or remembered or write it down when you get home, then you can maybe flesh that into a joke or. Mm-hmm. A line too. And sometimes those things are gone. Like if you don't record them, yeah. you don't record a set, especially an improvised set. It's just gone. Yeah, absolutely. I've been. I this n- new year, I've been recording. I've tried to record all of my sets all of the time, just even just see where the laughs are and what's working or not. I think that's very vital and something I haven't done. Like for a while, I didn't write any of my stuff down. I just remembered it and like or I improvised. So, yeah, you have it. some pretty complicated bits. Yeah, and some pretty specific. Like punch of specific things that you need to hit because your set's pretty high energy and there's mm-hmm. some pretty specific stuff in there. So I imagine you must have at least like rehearsed or yeah, like I, done at home, like practice went through it because obviously you can't just go up there and do that. Yeah, spontaneous. I mean, maybe you're genius beyond my understanding. No, 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 no. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> um, I would just sit at home and rehearse like you would like a theater monologue. I'd be okay. like, these yeah. are the these are the parts that yeah. I need to go to, and that's even what I do. Like before mm. I have a show, I'll just be like, okay, the day before, gonna look over it. But then. Then there's the next factor, and that yeah. it's not theater. Yeah. There is a live reactive audience. And there's a live reactive audience mm-hmm. in theater, but in stand-up, that's a little bit different of a dynamic oh, sure. than the theater audience. And the theater audience, they're more prepared and accepted to accept your the overall entire story, mm-hmm. the overall entire narrative of the literature, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But in stand-up, there, there is a bit of like a boxing match going on. There's Absolutely. a little bit of a, like a punch and a punch back, and you know, there's a, there's a bit of that going on where it's... So you have to have your monologue, I believe, and then you have to be ready to be flexible within that monologue, whether that means changing the way you perform it or having to digress for a minute or having to, because you have mm-hmm. to always keep that real. And I think that's, so it's, and I think to what's a great comedian is somebody who knows, somebody who's been, I guess, around for long enough to be able to know, I'm doing my monologue, but I'm still alive right in the room and mm-hmm. I'm ready to do whatever they've got to give me. I'm ready to pull it in, take it out, spit it back, but also maintain my monologue. And I think that's the real balancing act of stand-up comedy. Absolutely. The I traditional agree. type of stand-up comedy anyways. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it's like just acknowledging what's going on in the room, I think is the most important thing. 
Um, While not losing track of where you are and what your center is and what you meant to Mm. bring here because you don't want to get lost to the room. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to lose to the room and be like, well, their energy won over mine and maybe I was funny, but I mostly just riff with the crowd. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless you're just a riffing comedian, but like like a a crowd work comedian. But again, I, I guess for... Maybe there'll be new Netflix shows. I mean, somebody, some, who is it? Uh, who did the crowd work tour? I think Dave, David Tell did something like that. Yeah. Like, and then somebody else did something like that too. I can't, I can't think of an yeah. Okerson or something like that, where it's just like the whole show is like, <laughs> I'm just going to go and like cut up the crowd. I'm just going to <laughs> go and roast people in the audience. That's and that's, that's, I mean, there's so much room for so many different things nowadays. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. I do remember like I was doing a show and the headliner came on and did like, 15 minutes of just crowd work and I was like did you just not come prepared what was your deal and you're headlining that's amazing that you made this choice so I guess maybe it was a low stakes gig for him was that yeah. was it 15 minutes his time or did you just do the first 15 minutes of crowd work and then go into material no he just did like 15 minutes of crowd work he just like, like thanks good night yeah he was, he was just super low stakes he just did crowd work as his set it was insane it was I mean fascinating to watch like if you are showing up at a comedy show in New York mm-hmm. and you are a big name like I've seen I've seen famous comedians come into like the pit or whatever and just mm-hmm. use them as their mic yeah absolutely like come out with their notebook and you know like an A-list comedian is just like oh let me try this one you know yeah. and it's a full room at the pit but to them it's a low stakes crowd absolutely you know? <laughs> yeah 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 um, so what's this rich guy thing that you're doing like this bit on your social media rich life rich life what is this so I guess I'll officially uh, I'll officially uh, un- unleash it or, or release it right now um I, it does say on my instagram page if you actually stalk me well enough okay it says new single rich life coming out soon <laughs> very good so it's a song uh-huh. and um i figure that you know since i'm not like beyonce i can't just drop a song and people like have like a million people go oh my god aaron better dropped a song check it out <laughs> So yeah. like, because right now I'm not paying for press or anything like that. Yeah. And I don't have like a big campaign and I'm not actively recording music, but I'm going to get back into it. That's why this song is in the can. And so I was like, well, let me do something at least to lead up to it. So at least if people, even if they are annoyed, they at least are aware. Because sure. like, a couple of people have been asking me that. And I'm like, maybe in a way it is working. Oh, even it if it's backfiring, is. it's working. Like if people are getting annoyed enough and then finally like everybody that knows me on social media at least will at least be aware of this <laughs> douchebag guy <laughs> like a, like my bitmoji version of myself yeah. and when when the artist created that it was i mean this song has been done for a couple of years and the reason i didn't release it was because i was just like i kept hemming and hawing on how i'm gonna do this amazing music video yeah and i shelved it because i was like oh i can't figure out the music video it's too much too much money to shoot it and this and that yeah and i was like you know what let me just take the artwork let me just put it out and see what happens, and if people like it, I'll put a music video. But but like this this guy who's this like like altered rich version of me, mm-hmm. that's a fantasy. And so if you actually go to my Instagram and read the posts one by one, uh huh, that's every lyric to the song. <laughs> so <laughs> when it's great. done, when the whole post, there's gonna be about forty of those posts, all different pictures of of that rich guy in scenes with different people or different backgrounds representing each lyric to the song. So now, when the song comes out, you can go to my Instagram and read the lyrics to the entire song, because there's a whole story to it. That's amazing. That's very creative, very fun. That's so that's, that's why Rich Life is that. That's why. <laughs> oh, that's great. It's a, fa- it's a fantasy. I mean, once you read the lyrics, you're like, oh, wow, okay. Damn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At first, it just sounds like hip-hop bragging. It sounds like that, you know, I woke up in a new Bugatti. But it's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I think it's deeper than that. I hope it's deeper than that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and like you're saying, you've been kind of been taking a you were forced to take a break for a couple of months now because you were getting over what was Lyme disease or something. Uh, yeah, I'd rather not actually. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. No. That's you cool. You don't have to talk about it. Yeah. I know. I just um. So I got I got like bit by a tick, I suppose, and the doctor was like, "Yeah, you just gotta take a break." So I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I did a bunch of supplements and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I hate flaking out on people, but uh, mm-hmm. it had to be done. So so but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm all I think I'm all on the mend now. So. Yeah. Um, but the thing I want to talk about, that if you're comfortable with it, is like you were saying that it was just really also affecting your like emotional level and like yeah, and letting like you. I would imagine you would have felt like you were kind of like letting folks down a lot yeah even though it's a totally reasonable thing because it's your health yeah 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 yeah. you know and then you feel like you're being flaky you're not living up to your obligations you you know you can't work you can't meet with people you Mm -hmm. cancel plans and stuff like that so that was that was really annoying on me and then and then like just not having any energy you're just like you start to just be like this is useless this is pointless Mm -hmm. like i can't i can't watch the same episode of game of thrones that many more times Uh like until i know every place on the map like every like (laughs) elder heir to the throne (laughs) like i'm just like that's what my life became because i was just so Mm -hmm. bored (laughs) of being tired all the time yeah yeah that sounds rough Yeah, yeah yeah it's it's uh it's nice it is gone now though, so I'm yeah. glad to be back back on my feet. Yeah. yeah. And absolutely and we were talking before we started recording and I think it's something that we need to cop to more is that like some like emotional distress is also caused by like things that are outside your control and it's not just or like it's not just like a biological thing of like this like a person can be depressed without being clinically depressed. They can just be like like going through a hard time and that's making them upset. Right. And that's something that's also as important as like the mental health field in regards to like clinical stuff because the way we deal with emotions i think like in society is not super great you know it's important to like not i don't want to say belittle the person but it's important to like to to respect the level of whatever somebody's going through yeah but then i think i think personally i'm more of a God, i can't i can't i'm not coming up with words here mm-hmm. i'm more of like a i'm more of a structural type person where it's kind of like I can only go from my own experience where I'm mm-hmm. like, if I'm really depressed for whatever reason, whether it's physical or psychological, let's just say like it's it's physiological mm-hmm. or let's just say it's imposed upon me situational. Yep. I kind of try to, to improve or my situation as structurally as possible. Sure. So that I say like, what can I do about this today? Yeah. Like, what if, if I'm totally in down in the dumps or if I'm totally exhausted and I can't mm-hmm. move, I'm like, what can I do about this today? Can I make it to the post office to pick up my mail? Maybe mm-hmm. that'll make me feel a little bit better. Okay, let me just put on my jacket. Let me make it to the post office, even if that's going to exhaust that crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Let me see if that just takes me one notch up. You know, so I try to think and and move my way out of it. I feel like movement does a lot, whether yeah. you're in, a, again, I don't know. Like, I've never mm. been diagnosed as being psycholo- or physiologically depressed, yeah, yeah. you know. I've had people try to throw free samples of whatever <laughs> Xanaxophen or whatever the hell it's yeah, called. Yeah. I don't yeah. know the Viagra? name. Not, not Viagra. Viagra. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know. What, what are they called? Cialis Paxil Pan. or whatever that yeah, yeah, one of those things. Yeah, they, try to, they try to throw that at me and I, and mm. I was just like, I was like, I don't need this. You know what's funny? And then, and then I realized maybe I'm not like, maybe I'm not uh, physiologically depressed because yeah. like once somebody tried to give me medicine, that was motivating enough for me to be like, I'm back on my feet. I can yeah. do this myself. Absolutely. You know? Whatever works. Yeah. So it was like actually the the, visit, the 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 act of somebody giving me pills to take was like I don't need pills mm-hmm. I'm better now <laughs> like, it was sure. the, the placebo of that you know yeah. like, so so again like if, whether you are or whether you aren't I guess maybe I'm jumping ahead of you here but whether yeah. you are or whether you aren't I find to try to you know even if you're like 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 you're so blue that you just can't think or do anything you're like 
could I at least just like make myself a bowl of soup? Like, like mm-hmm. that, maybe that'll help. Maybe yeah. I'll, maybe I'll even turn on the TV and just watch one episode of SpongeBob. And even if I laugh once, mm-hmm. like, and then I'll take the next step. Maybe I'll mm-hmm. take a shower because I've mm-hmm. been that. Because again, I, I have been like sick at some points in my life, and it does make you depressed. And so, mm-hmm. so um, I try to look at practical yeah me- means to to move forward. Yeah, I think that's. In- I think that's a very smart and good way to go about that. I think it's like it, you, like you say, it's like stacking. It's like building to one thing. Like it's just all ones and zeros. It's just like one thing on top of another. Uh, binary, you programmer? Yep, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Do you, do, do you program? <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> no, nope, never. I just my dad w- is a computer scientist, so oh, wow. I just know vaguely about it. But it's also like on, you've also done like Yoda, yoga, Yoda, yeah, mm-hmm. yoga and stuff, right? Yeah, I do, you, I do Kundalini Yoda. It's really, really <laughs> weird. Yeah, like I've actually, I've actually been to the dark side and back. I yeah, <laughs> it's like it's the same, it's the same techniques but in reverse. Like that's how yoga versus Yoda. But anyway, so, <laughs> but um, no you more do- training. Don't <laughs> <laughs> what dog you must. Mm. <laughs> um, but you've done yoga and stuff like that, right? And meditation, or am I getting co- you confused with somebody else? I've done them both, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. and that's f- to kind of quiet your mind. And you're clearly a very rapid fire person. I apologize. It's the only way that it works. I'm just no. wired that way. <laughs> Try to slow down. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Go as fast as you want. Um, it's like the autobahn here. Um, uh, but <laughs> go. Um, you but guys, you can listen to the. Uh, you put the slow motion mode on your uh, browser mm-hmm. player. Just. <laughs> Right click on the thing and you can play it at 0.75. <laughs> I would like to welcome you back. Um, but yeah, uh, and that sounds like it, that kind of infers there's a rapidity of thought there. And does that induce any sort of anxiety in you, like in from your day to day? Oh, I have way too many ideas and I cannot keep track of all of them. And they're in all different places. They're all disorganized on different computers. I have thousands and thousands upon thousands of voice notes, ideas mm-hmm. for songs, poems, you name it. And so, like, I would say the biggest problem that I have psychologically is how to stop the flow of ideas. Yeah. And I mean, like, and a lot of them, I, like, I, I could have started 15 different businesses over the past two years of ideas. I just thought I was like, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. I was, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, just, I write them down, voice note them, notate them, put them in folders, and they just sit there. It's like... And and so yeah, as far as it causing anxiety, I'm just like I want to be able to do everything, and it just it never seems to stop. The ideas never seem to stop. Do, and does uh, Yoda yoga said it again? <laughs> yoga help that like and meditation like does that have you found mm. that that's successful of like kind of calming or at least focusing your mind? In you a know, way? I don't I don't do yoga for okay. that reason. I do yoga just to to make sure that my muscles are all stretched out. Sure. And I know that yoga does have that originally mm-hmm. that higher spiritual kind of like the reason I think they originally did yoga was to attain those CDs or cities or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's like there was like five magical powers. Like you can have levitation and visibility and that apparently like the ancient yogis could do all this stuff like mm-hmm. for real. That's what they claim. And and the way they did it was they used yoga to strengthen their muscles to the point at which they could sit and meditate at these mm-hmm. intense levels for intense periods of time without getting sore or stuck in the pose or whatever. And so that was to get to that higher spiritual level. That's not the reason I do it. I just do it because I just do it because um because it gives me like a lot of nice energy. And when I do have fatigue, it really brings me back up. Sure. But the meditation, yeah, definitely quiets my mind. Yeah. And sometimes I get ideas there, but then I. I'll be like, okay, let him go, let him go. Mm-hmm. Obviously, get ideas when you meditate, because that's the whole point is to not get ideas, right? Yeah, I have bits on this yeah. too. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but uh, you you do the meditation, and it seems to be that after about fifteen minutes, I think things start to shut up. 
Yeah. You kind of get into that. You kind of get into that. Uh, that that real nice sort of like empty flow. And I kind of can sometimes I'll get. I, I do it visually. Mm-hmm. So what I do is like a quick like uh, meditation lesson for beginners. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what I do absolutely. is I sit there and I. People are like, I'm, if you've tried it before, it never worked for you. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, concentrate on a mantra or breathe and co- focus on your breathing. Mm-hmm. I've tried all those things, but what worked for me is concentrating on my on my vision. And I don't mean like my internal vision, like my like my vision quest as a shaman. I mean mm-hmm. like literally like I close my eyes. And I look at the patterns, because when you close your eyes, you see geometric patterns, shapes, stars, little dots, right? Mm-hmm. Like everybody has that, whatever the things are going on behind your eyes and that in your retina and something like that. I don't know what the, but you, so what happens is if you start to watch that mm-hmm. and you just, that's, that's your entertainment is like you yeah. watch all those shapes and patterns. And what happens is as you just, if you can just focus on that instead of focusing mm-hmm. on your thoughts, instead of focusing on your breathing, and I'm saying that none of these techniques work or they sure. don't work, but I'm saying this is what worked for me. I focus on my sight and all of a sudden, it's really weird. A three-dimensional kind of tunnel starts to develop. Mm-hmm. And then you feel really, really focused. And so mm-hmm. I just watch this. It's almost like a kaleidoscope. And it's not in my mind. It's in mm-hmm. my field of vision. I think as you go down like into like lower brainwave states, like you go from, I think beta is what we're in now. We're probably in gamma because we're so fast. Yeah. <laughs> Most people are in beta, right? Yeah, so that's yeah, the sure. middle, middle range. That's like yeah. a waking state. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, I got to get these reports done, beta. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, wow, this is a really nice song or movie. That's alpha, right? Yeah. You're falling asleep. And then you go into like, I guess, theta and then delta. So as you sit there and meditate, as you yeah. go lower and you, you're watching these things, I think as you go down into low alpha, mm-hmm. you start to it becomes what it's called hypnagogic. Have you heard of that? No, I have not. So hypnagogic imagery is sort of this psychedelic imagery that your brain just creates. Huh. So when, have you ever woken up from like a half sleep dream or you wake up in the morning and you're kind of still dreaming, but your eyes are closed and you kind of still have the dream, but you know you're awake? Yeah. Sometimes you can see hallucinations in your mind. Now you're mm. going to think I'm actually crazy. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> this is this is documented. You can yeah. Wikipedia this and Wikipedia is like, you know, the universal source for all true information. Yes. <laughs> so 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 you can actually get these you can become hypnagogic and you just get these, you know, interesting like pictures in your mind and it's very relaxing at that point. And then you start and then you start getting ideas but in a good way. Yeah. Not monkey mind. Then you start mm-hmm. actually getting to the point where you have constructive kind of insights about what you need to do with your life and and it becomes much more sort of instructive and self-instructive. And I find that when I get there, I'm really happy and it's a really good meditation. Mm-hmm. But I find just from watching. That's. Watch, watch your actual, don't watch your thoughts, watch your actual vision with your eyes closed. That was how it worked for me. That's wonderful. I'll have to, next time I'm doing meditation. I can explain it again, yeah, if you. Oh, I have it on. Right, recording, right, right. so I'll just go and I'll listen <laughs> I forgot about We're recording this? Yeah. Recording this. Oh, um, oh my God, all those things I said, don't, don't let me hear <laughs> Yeah, um, I really, I find like a lot of comedians do meditation as well. And I feel like there's something that is kind of linked between doing stand up and the free form of ideas and that a lot of comedians have and like kind of relaxing into that, dropping into that place of just letting things kind of come at you and accepting them. And it's like a, like a uh, feed forward and feedback is one of one so of my teachers said. What's your, uh, do you, do you have a practice? Do you? I did um, Headspace for a week okay. uh, because I've it was it. free. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that like guided meditations are a lot easier for me because I'm an auditory learner and that sort of thing. Um, I've, like, I, I'm dyslexic and farsighted. I was not designed to read at all. <laughs> yeah, God was just like, don't even stop. Just don't uh, look. even look at a book. Don't think about a book. You seem like a pretty learned guy, so I'm surprised to hear that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's been a whole rough thing of like just trying to... But um, So guided meditations are really great, though. Um, and my friend he started doing like a, there's a transcendental meditation that he really recommends that gives you like a mantra and that's like, the traditional the trans yeah. yeah you gotta pay the money though right yeah that's the thing that's stopping me because <clears throat> I don't I'm not ri- living that rich life <laughs> no not yet maybe 
Maybe yeah. when my single comes out, like I'll make so much, I'll just, I'll just be like, Here, yo, here's the thousand bucks. <laughs> there you go, man. No, no worries. <laughs> I hope so. Oh, that'd be amazing for everyone involved. I feel like, <laughs> like that's then nothing but a win, 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 wind. Just gotta get as the number one position in Spotify, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> just like <laughs> so, climb um, that tier, climb that ziggurat of music. Um, but as far as mental health goes, mm-hmm. I would say that's a real like. I don't want to be like slough it up, but that's a real easy one. That's low hanging fruit, man. If you're not feeling mm-hmm. good, like psychologically, now I know people are like I can't sit still, but maybe if you just like, I mean, I don't, I don't know if your podcast is advice for people with mental health issues or whatever, like ideas, ticks and, uh, tricks and tips and stuff. Like, I mean, if you are feeling lousy, like depressed in all sorts of ways, mm-hmm. to, you don't have to sit in the lotus position. You don't have to get one of those like Zabuton cushions or whatever yeah. they're called. You, you just have to you feel comfortable, sit down, preferably in a dark place. Like, oh, I like it darker. Maybe some people like it lighter, whatever. Mm-hmm. I know maybe a dark place isn't, the, isn't a good visual metaphor for somebody yeah. who's already <laughs> depressed, right? So maybe in a sunshiny meadow, but whatever yeah, it is, yeah. whatever it is. Um, and just, just, just close your eyes and see if you can zone out for like at least three minutes if five minutes is too much. Set a timer. If yeah. you, you know, and I feel like even just that little tiny bit yeah. will really help you just like re- recenter. I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that you're, when you're doing meditation, you're focusing on your breathing and like it just reminds you constantly that you are alive and that, that you're really lucky to be breathing in fact. And that's something that I think is it, when you are depressed, no matter who you are, that's kind of lost on you and you forget that life is nice sometimes because it kind of puts this blinder on of like this is the only thing that's happening but of course in the back of your mind you're like there are going to be days where i don't feel depressed and it's fine you know but yeah absolutely i agree that like that that is it's that's one of the easier ones just kind of center yourself that way and um in regards to like do you find that when you do meditate and like when you're trying to focus on anything do you think you try to slow your mind down or do you think you just try to let it um let that river just keep on flowing like you do you know what i mean by that what kind of what process are we engaging here are we talking about meditation specifically are we talking about writing um, what any, are we talking about anytime you have to focus your brain how do you achieve that just on a on a daily level like a normal like say you have to write an article and it's due in two days how do you approach it Okay, so way. I guess I have different I have different attack mechanisms for different different things. So I, mm-hmm. I would say for something like that, I think everything I, I kind of like look at things on an individual basis. So what I would probably do is I would probably try to charge headlong into it mm-hmm. in some type of like um, frantic kind of like free noting type fashion. Sure. So if it was an article, I would be like, what do I know about this right now? Like. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, you know, write 80 words per minute, even with a million spelling mistakes and grammatical errors until I just get my ideas out on the page. And sure. suddenly, like, I'll find that if I do that kind of free noting technique that all of a sudden mm-hmm. in 10, 15 minutes, I've got a whole bunch more ideas I didn't even know I had because they're mm-hmm. kind of like just on that, like, the l- l- periphery of your subconscious. You're like, oh, there's all this other stuff. So as far as that goes, and then that will get me focused. So a lot, mm-hmm. of, a lot of, I guess, to sort of a more general answer to your question is if I need to focus, I will kind of go into, like, streaming attack mode. Okay. And I know that sounds like kind of vicious and violent. But like <laughs> if I if I have no idea what to write about jokes, like if I'm like, ah, all my jokes, like I gotta write some new jokes. I'll yeah. set a tape machine down and I'll be like, yeah, so I was walking and I was in the laundromat the other day. What can you say about a laundromat? Well, you know, like there's people there, there's underwear stuck on the, uh, you know, the front of the, uh, you know, yeah, and then yeah. I'll just start riffing on that. And, and, I, and I'll just be freeform and stupid for like 10 minutes and I could play the tape back. Or if I'm writing, I could look back at my, what I wrote and I'd mm-hmm. be like, there's an idea for a joke in there. Look at that. Put this there, put that there. You know, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you got something or you got something developing. So, and then that'll make me focus. I guess like mm-hmm. applying 
the the madness even harder to all mm -hmm. the because there's so much information out there you're like why would i want to create more information when there's more <laughs> is too much information <laughs> then that's uh, somehow kind of is, is zen in its own way zen yeah. it kind of it focuses me to be like all right well i've got something new to, to sort of chisel in on here sure sure i don't uh, know if that's a that's kind of a random answer but no 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 it actually makes a lot of sense it's just kind of like allowing yourself to be who you are and be focused in your own way yeah which is really i think a powerful idea because if I sit there and go, oh, how am I going to do this? Should I do it this way or should I write it this way? Or what structure do I need? Or what's the outline? Or how am I going to make the joke work? Or what's mm -hmm. the main point of this paragraph? Then I'm, I'm, that I'll just be, I'll just get more anxiety and, mm -hmm. you know, go back online reading articles about angry political spectrums from both sides and then yeah. not write anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and. This is kind of like, this isn't kind of, this is going back and not talking about mental health stuff, but like also you've been doing, like you did comedy off and on a little bit and you've been doing it longer than me and stuff like that. How do you think it's changed since the development of like social media and and stuff? Have you been able to track that all at all through the career? I feel like... I don't think it sound like a good old boy here, but I miss the old days. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all secretly do. I think the internet's a curse. We should not have tapped into that collective unconsciousness. Like, like, here's the thing. We have to evolve as a species. We yeah. have to evolve to this higher level of connected consciousness. And the internet is like, internet is like a conduit for that or something. It's part mm -hmm. of the process. It's a stepping process. Maybe at some point we'll all be electronically telepathic mm -hmm. with the entire in entirety of the universe's knowledge like like oh let me wikipedia that oh that's in my head that was 1743 you know yeah <laughs> like because yeah. you'll have everything like downloaded into your brain yeah absolutely oh like you know what was that on his third album yeah yeah i know the third lyric in the third yeah it was like this you know what did he mm. say in 1973 on the stage at the stand-up show like <laughs> we don't have it like and then there'd be, but but between now and then yeah we're overwhelmed because biologically we're not we're not able we don't have the capacity mm -hmm. to like even look at 150 of our 150 friends comedy shows this week and what mm -hmm. might be going on like in our neighborhood like we don't even have the capacity to just look at the, the facebook feed right just yeah. psychologically it's overwhelming so so go, going back to the original question like back in the old days i remember like before like I, this is embarrassing but like you know like myspace was like hey yeah. you have your comedy on myspace no i'm not stupid new stuff crap you know, yeah, like, yeah. You know? <laughs> so it's like so like when it was just like you could you could be like a girl texted me. I mean she didn't even call you. She texted you. Yeah, yeah. dude. So like wow. yeah, I'm in with her. Because <laughs> like she took the time out of her phone to go seven A B C D E F. You know four. Like. So then so then so then like it was just like like it was like all right. See you tomorrow, Ron. See you tomorrow, Tom. See you at the open mic. See you at the show. Like you know there's fifty mm. of us in New York. <laughs> yeah. It's like no, it wasn't that bad. Mm. But, but but it was like and the other thing is. Oh, the political correctness thing. Uh, I don't want to talk about that. Okay, <laughs> I do, sure. I do, but I don't. It's kind of like, mm -hmm. and I kind of learned when I started hosting my open mic that it was like, oh, this is the new world now. Like, you can't mm -hmm. say these things because, like, even my, I was like, am I offending my own comedians? Like, who are coming here for time and buying a drink? Like, yeah, I was like, because I do some, I do some bits, and I was like, maybe I shouldn't say those things about women or other ethnicities or, yeah. or you know, because I'm like, and I like at, my, at one point I'm like, this isn't offensive, but now things that were just not offensive are offensive, and. Back to an earlier thing you said about me liking to have fun on stage. Yeah. I try, I don't try, well, I don't want to be offensive. Yeah. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. That's yeah. not the kind, I know there's a lot of chameleon, comedians, chameleons, <laughs> I'm more of a, yeah, 
more of the uh, the the latter than the former. But uh-huh. there's a lot of comedians who are just like, yeah, like I'm edgy, I'm tough, I'm cool, you know, like I can say I'm rude, I can say anything about anybody and get away with it. And there there is a fine line that you have to dance if you're going to be one of those types of comedians. And mm-hmm. I think there is a lot of anger in comedy. But I'm always like. Guys, can we just like have fun together and make fun of each other? It's just mm-hmm. a joke, and like you know, like and, and I think if you approach it, a lot of it is in the delivery, yeah, and the mood and the mindset. You can say something that's super duper offensive, but if you're just joking and people know you're like you know like a fun loving, happy go lucky kind of goofball, then yeah. <laughs> maybe it's okay, or maybe <laughs> it's not. Maybe they're still offended. Now there's some people that are so ultra sensitive that yeah. even they're offended, and I'm still in shock. So yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough thing nowadays, and with everything you do gets out there. Mm-hmm. If you, if it does become you know a bad thing, you know people are mm-hmm. gonna know about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of it has to do with uh, intent versus impact. Like you can in- be really really well intended, but if someone takes it the wrong way, that's kind of like that's that's not in your control, and that's the some something that's I think really really difficult. Um, to manage with all the social media stuff because and one of the main things I think about is like I used to do like a lot of accents in my act like I can I'm a very good mimic right. and now and now it's like oh edgy. You, yeah you can't and I was like well it's just like this is what this person sounded right. like and it's the fun out of it it takes the fun out of it it's hard yeah, it's really difficult and like I also understand like there are some things no matter how well you do them that like do sound offensive by virtue of someone going well you're trying to Make fun of trying to ape or mock their culture. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, I want to make fun with, like, yeah, like I would. One of my favorite things that David Chappelle does is his white person voice. It's hysterical. Like, is it, it that is, really kind of like nosy like, whiny? Yeah, it's like, hello, yeah, that guy, Marjorie, yeah, yeah. how are yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's incredible and accurate to a fault. And I don't. And I'm, and I think it's just like the juxtaposition of power that white people have versus min- most minorities, and mm. specifically America, and that's why it makes mm. it kind of like a little uh, weird. But it, it is like, is. I think it, like I think if it comes from a place of like, you know, this is the, this is the thesis that I had actually. It's like, um, when you are really good friends with someone, or you're good family members, or you really love someone, you can just rip into them, right, in a way. And so if you love everybody that much, you can just rip into them. But they like, don't have to. They have to be able to see it back. Yeah, exactly. And they also have to know that that's the intent. Like, yeah. It's, it's. But do you think that there's something in your sort of like your core, or your psyche, or your energy that you give out, whether they know you or not, that that can sort of supersede maybe their perceived offendedness. Like if they're mm-hmm. like, oh, this guy actually has a positive energy. He's not really trying, even if they don't know you, because that's mm-hmm. the challenge with stand up. Because if you're on that stage and maybe they've never heard of you, maybe they heard of you once and you're there to make them laugh and they're like, okay, well, make me laugh. I'm going to be offended. Here we go. And you're like, can yeah. I just give you that love? Even though it may be some, there may be some quote unquote mockery or, mm-hmm. you know, making fun of whatever is different. Mm-hmm. And then that you know, if you can give that, and but I think we're evolving. I think we're getting there. I've, I've, I've got to be optimistic. Yeah, absolutely. I got to be optimistic. I think we're getting there. I think I think there's going to be a point at which we come back through all of this, mm-hmm. and everybody goes, "It's cool. We can yeah. make fun of each other, and we're big enough to realize that you know we're all friends." You yeah, know? <laughs> absolutely. And I think a lot of it has to do with um, in regards to setting it up that that's how you are. Is like how much you make fun of yourself in the first couple of minutes, and I think if you're willing to punch you know yourself up. You people go. Oh, he can take a joke. I can take a joke. He cl- like or they can take a joke, and like that. It's it's all in good fun. And I also do agree. Like I think we're really we are overcorrecting in one way, and then it'll get nice in the middle in about five years. Like in about five years' time, I think we're gonna be like, oh, we should be socially aware of these things, but we also know that like people can you can 
make observations and not be from a specific group and make it okay, you know? Yeah, I think I think it's all difficult I think it's stuff. Happen. Yeah, I think it's gonna. I think I I gotta be optimistic. I think it's gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, absolutely. I was actually just talking with um, my girlfriend about this, and it's like, it's it's one of those things of like I th- I feel like a lot of people criticize the view that sort of thing is like a criticism of a of a community that you're not a part of. And that's really difficult for people to process, whereas it's just like an observation. And also, if you're not dealing with that, even if it is a criticism of a community, if that community isn't dealing with that problem, then it needs to be pointed out. You know what I mean? Do you have something more more concrete? Like what you say, oh. like, OK, which community is being criticized and which community is criticizing or, or what is it? Yeah, sure. Um, let's go with um, just because it's the most safe target. Let's go with like how a lot of people have been criticizing um, masculinity in Western culture. Okay. And then a lot of white men specifically are getting really defensive about it. Yeah. And going, hey, you're not allowed to. It's But, like, mm-hmm. it's pointing something out that is good and, I, well, that's a problem and it's good to point out problems and we should be working on it. Mm-hmm. And it's, I feel like it comes from a genuine place of, like, wanting everyone wanting to help each other. But part of helping is knowing when things, there are problems. So are the community... There is no community of white men because every white man's just like, no, I'm the greatest. <laughs> so that's the problem. <laughs> I was going to say, a community are the community of white men like banding together to say like, yeah. maybe we should address this and be more humble or like, because no, they're not. They're just like, I'm a white man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're there and therein lies the problem. It's like, it's like, you know what you should do? You should go to all the other Canadians and they'll help you out. It's like, Canadians just blend in. Like we're not. There's, there's no like Canadian association in New York. There's no like secret like lodge of pancake makers that like <laughs> that are like, yo, bro, I'm in trouble, eh? Like, uh, can, can you help me out here? There's can no, you lend me a couple of loonies? Yeah, there's no. That's a fucking, Canadian word for dollar. Yeah, <laughs> they're like these little gold coins. Yeah. There's no fucking like curling association <laughs> in a basement. No, absolutely no. It's not. like it's like it's like a, like a, like a lot of like my you know. Uh, I was going to use that offensive word. A lot of my foreign friends, a lot of other like immigrants that I know, yeah. like, they said to me like Chinese people or like uh, po- Polish or Irish people or yeah. Mexican people that I know. They've been like, you know, you no, do a bad accent, yeah. like a generic accent of a foreign person. I won't even do it. <laughs> Just do I'm it. mix Polish, Mexican and Irish all in one accent. <laughs> <laughs> so like, no, like, you know what you should do, man? You should go to your people because that's how people you'll get further ahead. Like, like that's how we, like, you know, and, and Irish people always help each other out. I'm like, mm-hmm. Canadians don't have a community, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're just, we're just, we blend in. Yeah. <laughs> so we, nobody, we don't help each other. It's like, you're Canadian. Ooh, stay away from me. I'm Canadian. Don't talk to me. <laughs> Why don't is- tell anybody else that. <laughs> Nobody can hear my accent. Don't blow my cover, bro. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Canada's a, excuse me. Canada's a weird country. Yeah, it's um, it has this weird sort of like in superiority inferiority complex, like competing with itself all at the same time. Sure, because it's like it's like we think we're better than the U.S. Like I'm not saying mm-hmm. I do. I'm just like that. That's a yeah. common thing. But like that's our identity. Mm-hmm. But then it, what is our identity? And it's kind of like, well, like we have a few things that are, you know, we like hockey. Or mm-hmm. It snows here a lot. Or, mm-hmm. you know, everybody. We can't get a part of the country to stop speaking French. That was a weird one too. But but, <laughs> <laughs> but so I think it's like a lot of Canadians are like humble, but at the same time, so, like egotistical. It's weird. It's yeah. like a weird. It's There's like this weird sort of like social passive aggressiveness that can't resolve because mm. we're supposed to be all friendly and we're friendly but it's sort of like this sort of like almost imposed friendliness I find uh-huh. from some people like it's and there is this 
there's definitely a social inwardness in a lot of the bigger cities in Canada. Like like rednecks are rednecks. You just go anywhere, and you know yeah. they're, they're you know they're either friendly or rude depending on the mood. Yeah. Like whether they're in Canada, or US. Maybe I'm generalizing too. There now, now I'm now I'm like limiting <laughs> like a minority group, yeah. like country people, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, like I'm being offensive. What so, I found all across the world, there are city folks, there are country folks. Though they're the only two types of people. Those are, that is it. I like it. I like it. Now we can joke about anything. Yep. As long as it's city versus country. Yes, absolutely. City mouse and country mouse. Um, yep. <laughs> so but I just find that like a lot of a lot of of sooty folk in Canada are just <laughs> somehow like a little bit more socially awkward and reserved than uh-huh. they wish they were, mm-hmm. and so that comes a- comes across as like a friendly passive aggressiveness. Now that's mm-hmm. kind of being mean to my own home country, but that's like another reason why I don't feel 100 percent of my skin when I'm in Toronto. I just feel like it's a little bit. I don't I haven't been there in a while. Maybe I'll go back. Mm-hmm. I always go back and give it another chance. You know. Yeah, I think Minnesota has a very similar thing. Okay, a lot of it I think has to do with uh, like there's the fundamental of like you should be warm and friendly to everybody else, but then of course there's human emotions of like. I don't like a person, but you still need to be polite. And mm. then there's also, I think a lot of the the quote-unquote friendliness is just like, people are too cold to fucking like put on an air of, oh. Like like physically cold? Yeah. Like I need to bundle up? Yeah, they physically <laughs> were like, it's 20 below zero here. I don't have time. Like, yeah, it's that way. It's fine. We're all trying to help each other and not die. Like, <laughs> no one wants to die from hypothermia today. Thank you. And people in Toronto, I think they, they, mm. they think that like, oh yeah, no, we're living the big city life. This is an international like uh mm-hmm. tier like tier one city or whatever it's called yeah like there's that there's that like rating scale rating of like the highest like international cities that are like have the most mm-hmm. access to like every kind of like education food culture infrastructure and all that stuff like that yeah. i think i think i think boston came out on top one of those was really weird because i think because i think it's because of all the colleges and stuff that makes sense but um i don't think whatever that word is like apex one or something like toronto was at tier two or something mm-hmm. hmm versus like not like a full like a full international like level one city of like mm-hmm. uh, the most opportunities or the most you know mm-hmm. that makes hey, sense. I, don't, I don't just it's it's a weird rating system i can't i can't think of it looking it up right now in my head i'm just like it's not coming back the wikipedia is offline right now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 404 please refresh your browser <laughs> that would be like oh, someone there's a post on the internet is so good it's like going to sleep when you're like you can't think because you're so tired is the human version of how you tried turning it off and then turning it on again Ugh. Ugh. it's very good like if you stay up too late working then you, uh-huh. you're more tired like if it's I find that once I pass that like 3am thing yeah then all of a sudden it's like I try to go to sleep and it's like no my brain won't shut off my brain won't shut off my brain, mm-hmm. you know yeah absolutely do you have like a lot of insomnia like I um, have had recently yeah 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 because yeah. yeah. when I when I was kind of not feeling good I was like well I'm really tired because I can't do anything, but now I'm wide awake because I've done anything. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like... <laughs> when, when you're always tired, tired is meaningless. Yeah, it's just like a weird infinite loop or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> but I, I, but I, yeah. I understand. I, I completely agree. Like, I've had a lot of... Um, ever since I was a kid, I could not shut off my mind to fall asleep at all. And it's it's gotten, like, to a point where I... What I do, I don't know if this will help you, is I listen to, like, the radio or an yep. audio book. Yep. That's what I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm on the same page with you. Mm-hmm. I'll listen to like really weird radio programs about like um like UFOs and, and like oh, stuff that's and awesome. that. Yeah, like just like I, I, all that UFO sighting is so weird to me. I'm like, what? G- give me some kind of like. There's like disclosure is coming right away. They're yeah. going to admit it. You know, like the the aliens have been communicating with the White House, and it's like, I don't. Are you I getting their aliens it? in the White House? Have you seen him? Yeah, right. 
But like, but, but the thing is that I, I haven't seen anything like I want to see some kind of like something on paper or something like an actual. I don't know, like I need to see like a hand. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But I used to listen to it at night, and it's so weird that it yeah. makes me fall asleep. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's like the way I've always kind of viewed it is like I have to trick myself into falling asleep because otherwise I'm like life is too interesting. There's so much going on all the time. So it's not anxiety for you, it's excitement. It's yeah, it's like generally it's like a lot of interest in like what's going on and like things I have to do tomorrow and like I'm like I want to start doing those things. Right. And it's anticipation where it's just like I have to trick myself and like uh listen oh, I'll listen to this story or classical music is really great because it's so deeply layered. So, you know what do you what are you into? What do you like? Um, I like I like Chopin. Okay. Uh, I like uh, Bach is always very nice because it's very structured. Yeah, um, sure. It's so mathematical. Bach is like the father of musical structure, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. For the sonata form and everything. Mm-hmm. And then as far as like, I really like, um, there are these excellent audiobooks of Lord of the Rings, and I'm so familiar with the story. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know, I, used so, to, I used to listen to those and go to sleep too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just you just kind of settle into it, and it's so warm, specifically at the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring, where it's just like, they're hanging out, and they're eating food and smoking a lot of weed. It's great, you know. Pipe weed. Yeah. It's great. <clears throat> Um, but what about you? What the UFOs and you listen to music too, or like just musical just sort of keep me mm-hmm. spinning. Yeah, a lot of people listen to music when they go. I, I remember like uh, crashing at a friend's place a while back. Mm-hmm. We were out drinking, and then like he's like he's like I have to listen to music go to sleep. I'm like oh it's gonna kill me. So I'm like I'm sleeping on his floor, mm-hmm. and um, and he's got and he's got like I think it was like old show tunes like Sinatra or something like that. Uh-huh. I don't mind Sinatra, but like even though it's at a low level, like I was really near the speaker and just like all through the night I was just having these dreams of like I'm doing it my way <laughs> I was like I can't I can't shut this off <laughs> and it was just like I had these weird dreams of like you know being in a big band and snapping my fingers and that's awesome art deco <laughs> chandeliers and I was like this is so bizarre does that mean you like you have dreams of like UFOs most nights then no I've no? never had a, I'm not one of, I'm not an alien abductee you know? no no that's never happened uh, to me. one can hope no, okay. but I guess I'll I'll open up about one thing. I think sure. I, I think I did have an OBE if that's a real thing. What Do you is know it? what that is? Out of body experience. Oh, sure. So one time I was um asleep on my couch, mm-hmm. and um and I woke up, or so I thought. Mm-hmm. I woke up, and I was like, and, and this is a weird thing because like I didn't plan on this. I just, it was it was so weird because I was just like I'm laying there, and I'm like, well, I'm awake. And I'm like, but I'm not awake. And mm-hmm. then, and then, like, I sort of feel this kind of like buzzing throughout my body, like 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 a very high like vibration, kind of like uh, I don't even know how to explain it, like tingling, but way way higher. Sure. And then I could like feel my legs and my feet just mm-hmm. s- separating from themselves. This is gonna sound completely insane, mm-hmm. but look this up. It happens to people. Yeah, yeah. And. And I can feel my legs coming out. Well, like your legs are not supposed to come out of your legs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're like, and you, and then you feel your like. I can feel like my back and my butt and my torso. I'm like, it's supposed to stay together. Like yeah. this is not the right thing that's supposed to be happening, especially when you're awake, right? Yeah. Like maybe if it's a dream, but I'm like, this isn't a dream, and I'm coming and I'm coming out, and suddenly like I just like I was laying on my face. I think I was like on my couch, like laying face down, like you know, mm-hmm. head sideways, or whatever. And then I just like literally like just zoop, popped, and I could just see myself laying there. Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of floating around like a piece of paper, like in the room, kind of side to side, wow. like, f- like kind of like sideways, like a feather kind of blowing in the window, like whatever. the f- opening of Forrest Gump. Uh, yeah, and then, <laughs> and then and then I was just kind of in different parts of the room, yeah. looking at myself, looking at the objects in the room, and I was like, I'm gonna go outside. Hmm. So I like floated towards the window, and I was just like, still, this is really weird. This is a matter of like probably only a few seconds. Sure. So I float towards the window, and I'm looking out the window. And I and I and I'm like looking at all the cars parked on the street, 
and I'm trying to get out the window, but but it's like a boundary. It's like a barrier. Mm -hmm. And then and then all of a sudden, as soon as soon as I try to really push on the window, I just zoom right back and float into my body and woke right up. And I was just like, what? that wasn't a dream. The weird thing was is that it just because I was like I was awake. Yeah. That's the weird thing about it is that like I'm sure it was a dream. Mm. But when you were there, yeah. you're like, that's not a dream. And then looking back, I was like, I wish I could have seen the license plates on the cars because mm-hmm. I would have liked to have gone outside because it was a little mm-hmm. blurry. Like I wanted to go outside. But if I, when, I, when I woke up or whatever had happened, it came back to normal human yeah, yeah. consciousness. I was like, if I could see the license plates on those cars and they matched, then I'd yeah. be like pretty freaked out right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> Confirmed. Myth not busted. Ugh. That's that's incredible. Yeah, there are actually there's a lot of accounts of stuff like that. And like specifically there's this term um in psychology disassociation or depersonalization where it makes you feel like and that doesn't sound exactly like what you're describing, but there's this thing where you become so anxious that you kind of believe yourself to be watching yourself as something that is unpleasant is happening to you. If that makes sense? Yeah, I've kind of I think I've been in stressful situations like that in mm-hmm. relationships that were bad and stuff like that. Yeah. I think I've been close to that. Maybe not quite so, but like where I kind of felt like I like I just like I wasn't even me. Yeah. Like who is this guy that mm-hmm. that it's like, you know, like that I have to be existing in or something. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You're it's just When like, I was younger, I was going through tough times and Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's similar to that. Yeah, it's um it kind of feels like your soul kind of detaches and goes because like the thing I think we kind of don't cop to is like we're all we're people, yeah, but we're also there's something else going on underneath all the time. This other level of you know what is a soul, that sort of thing. And I feel like at a certain point, you're <laughs> who you are on the inside is kind of like, can we just take a minute and look at what's going on? So you just have a little moment of clarity, like that might be. Th- it. I don't think we're gonna figure that out for a while. Oh, absolutely not. There's so many theories of consciousness, and like um, a lot of the mainstream science, well, most of the mainstream science is just mm-hmm. like you know, like it's generated in the brain, and that's it. Hands down, we just haven't figured out. We have a million different theories, and none of them make any sense. But mm-hmm. that's the answer. We're <laughs> yes, sure of you it. You can say <laughs> we're sure of it because we know because we're scientists. And and I get yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's a lot of other evidence for a lot of other things that are really anomalous. And so yeah, I, like I said, I'm apolitical. I, I like I like to think I would think I would like to think there's something bigger. Yeah, but um. And I think there's evidence for it. It's just that they, they, I don't know. It's like one of those things where it's like, can you ever actually figure that out? Even with enough with enough scientific testing, I don't know if they can. Like, yeah. I don't think anyone's gonna be like, I found a soul, or or, or like. I figured out the way consciousness works. Yeah, absolutely. Either yeah. one. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we, I think that's when that's when the. But I'm not up on the research. It's a research way beyond my reading yeah. level. I I understand. But I do think that'll be like the catalyst. Like that's that's when we end. Like we figured it out, done, end of play. Like big bang, like reverses, yep. implosion into nothing, mm-hmm. and then it does <laughs> it again. Just whoo, cycle, cycle, cycle. Wow. Nice to Nietzsche. Um, but yeah, um, I guess I'll, I guess all my jokes will be forgotten. I guess then all Beethoven symphonies will be forgotten too. So I guess. yeah, yeah, a lot of the bad stuff too, though. Yeah. There's an up and a down to everything. A positive and a negative. Oh boy. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Yin and yang. <laughs> But yeah, thank you for doing this. Um, we're yeah, this is a pretty cool ending. Yeah, also, <laughs> big bang in reverse. Thank yep. you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Um, but uh, where can people find your stuff if they like I you? If they don't like you, still. Likes me. No, I like you. Podcast. I'm gonna cry. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, casting directors can find my all my headshots on AaronPetta.com. Uh huh. Um, I'm on everything at, at AaronPetta. 
Instagram, Great. Facebook, all the above. Um, the new single is going to be released on AaronPetta.com slash Rich Life, all one word. So Very good. Probably leave it at that. Wonderful. Well, thanks for doing this, man. Cool. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was a great time. You cannot be down, but you can try. You can try. You can try. Come on. You can tell me how. Yeah. Now tell me why. Tell me why. Tell me why. Tell me why. I now call to order this meeting of the Amateur Detectives Club. We've got a mystery on our hands, gang. It's What's the Best Mystery Review Podcast. <gasps> what are the clues? Well, they have to feature, like, very good detectives like Hercule Poirot. Oh, I love him. Maybe be about books that everybody loves and sometimes TV shows or movies. Hmm. And it has to have some good hosts. Like, probably a three seems like a good number. Uh, just delightful, charming charming hosts. You know what, guys? What? I think I have the solution. Mm-hmm. It's the Amateur Detectives Club, a new mystery podcast with me, Melissa Maley. And Miles Newberth. And me, Tristan Miller. When does it come out? Oh, it comes out every um, third Monday of the month. Wonderful. This meeting is adjourned. Jacques! Gavel sound. <laughs>